Blog Talk Radio.
you said that we and our household shall be saved, Father. So, Lord, we lift Basin up to you right now, Father, declaring that he is yours, declaring that your word says that you are long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance, Father. So, Lord, we just ask, Father, that you draw his heart closer to you, Father. Open the uh, open his eyes, Father. Take the blinders off his eyes, Father. Open his ears to clearly hear you, Father. Give him visions and dreams, Father, of your presence, Father. Let him clearly hear your voice, Jesus. Holy Spirit, pour out your presence upon his life, Lord. We're going to pray for Lupe, Father. Lord, Lupe... Not Lupe, I'm sorry, Father. Ophelia, Lord, from Singapore. Father, a woman who has dedicated her life to serving you, Lord. Father, we ask that you would provide for every one of her needs, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, that you would be her the blanket of her security, Father, right now, Lord. You would be her high tower, Father. You would be her strong refuge, Lord. That you would build up her confidence and her courage in you, Father. For your word declares that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, Father. So, Lord, we speak right now and rebuke every demonic entity, Father, that would attack Ophelia in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, we ask, Father, for divine appointments, Father, divine connections, divine favor in her life, Lord, to start working, Father. Lord, that you would direct her steps, Father, according to your word. You would direct her steps, Lord, and guard her loins with truth, Father. Father, anoint her. Lord, anoint her, Lord, anoint her. Fill her with your presence, Lord. Give her a spirit of discernment to discern your voice from the enemies, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we have a guest in the chat room, JC Overcomers, one of our longest listeners, and Matthew Redman. It's good to see y'all in the see y'all here tonight. Um Wow. Um been an interesting, interesting week. Um just a we we talked last week or this week, um, the day seemed to run together about um walking in the favor and the blessing of the Lord and um coming to the place in your relationship with him where you start moving away from worrying about the things that are happening and you just um like that old I thought it, I used to think it was a stupid phrase back in when I was started going to church as a young kid where they would say let go and let God but for some reason it seems appropriately fitting just let go, to throw your hands in the air and give him complete control and say, Lord Jesus, whatever you're going to do, whatever you want to do, have your way. Have your, Let your will be done. Have your way in my life, in my family's life, in my friend's life, Lord. Have your way. Be glorified. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth that is, is in heaven. And, you know, his blessing and his grace in our lives doesn't always just apply to big things. Sometimes, you know, the Lord is intricately, intricately interested in sharing our lives, um, the partnership that we have in our relationship and our intimacy and our communion with the Father isn't always just when it comes to working. It's not always like Martha. It's not always just when we're out there doing the work of the ministry. Um, 
because the Lord is deeply wanting to be deeply involved in every aspect of our lives, from the biggest thing to the littlest thing. Um, a story I told, I think, a long time ago was um, there's a minister evangelist named Jesse Duplantis um, who's had an, a long relationship with the Lord. And he said one time he was he had just bought a brand new motorcycle and because um, it's something he had always wanted to do. And so one day he goes out and he buys his motorcycle and first day he's out there and he's like riding around this brand new motorcycle and he's like, 50, 60 years old, but it still is something that really he enjoyed, and all of a sudden, the presence of God just showed up on the back of his bike, and I don't know if you know what it's like, um, I, I believe most of you do, where you're in a church, or you're um, just out somewhere, and all of a sudden, you can feel the presence of the Lord show up, um, and it's, it's, it's the whole atmosphere changes. And he said, all of a sudden, the presence of the Lord showed up on the back of his motorcycle, right behind him. And he starts freaking out, and he's like, okay, what's going on? Is there something going on? Do I need to do something? Do I need to go speak to someone? What is it, Lord? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to him, and he said, nothing. I just want to join you in the things that you enjoy and spend time with you in the things you enjoy. And it, and it really touched his heart because, you know, it, there wasn't a work to be done at the moment. It was just the um, the, life, the, the life and life more abundant. It was the going beside the still waters and the green pastures. It was just relaxing and enjoying the presence of the Lord. You know, um, Tuesday night we talked a lot about the Garden of Eden and the fellowship that Adam and Eve had where they didn't have work a lot of work to do. All they had to do was really enjoy the presence of the Lord. And so, you know, it comes to this point in our lives when we enter into the rest of the Lord, realizing that all the work was already accomplished on the day of Calvary, on the cross, every work was completed, and everything else is resting in the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that He's our provider, knowing that He's our healer, knowing that He's our comforter, our King, the exalted Lord. And so... So Jesse's um, is ecstatic that the Lord just showed up with him, and his presence just showed up just so Jesse could ride his motorcycle. And so what happened was, a little while later, um, Jesse's in a grocery store, and he's going through the checkout line, and he doesn't really have that many items. And I don't know if you know what it's like. Um, my wife knows I hate going to the grocery store, um, because with me, I want to get in and get out as quick as possible. My wife isn't like that. She likes to stay and browse and everything else. But anyway, so Jesse's in the grocery store and there's this lady in front of him with tons and tons and tons of groceries and he's just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden the lady has a pro is is almost getting done. She's about to like swipe her card and everything else and all of a sudden Jesse steps up and he's like, You know what, ma'am, I I'm gonna pay for everything and he swipes his card, pays for the purchase and all of a sudden the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord said, Jesse, I didn't tell you to do that. And Jesse replied to the Lord, and he said, I know, Lord, but I'd like to join you in the things which you enjoy. And, you know, a relationship with him, when we, we talk about having the mind of Christ, and, you know, I've said this before, when it comes to the hearing the voice of the God, it's not always a big audible voice. It's not always um, a deep, intricate voice. I mean, a lot of times it's a small whisper, and sometimes... 
you spend enough time with him and you spend enough time reading his word and you spend enough time in his presence that your thoughts literally start working the same. Or you start thinking thoughts that are godly thoughts and righteous thoughts and thoughts that are after God's own heart and thoughts after God's will and God's purpose because you know what it is and you live your life according to that. And you walk in that on a daily basis and your actions start to mimic the Lord and your thought process and the compassion of your heart and the way you look at the people in this world starts to model after the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not something you actually have to work at. It's not something you try to do. It's just something that's a natural progression of your relationship with him. It's the fruit of the relationship with the Lord. And um, so, um, what was I saying? <laughs> and so, giving is one of those. Um, so, before I even say anything else, let me just say we're never going to ask for money and when I, I, and I'm always skeptical about talking about giving and talking about sowing and reaping and everything because there's far too many people out there who um, are more interested in that than anything else. And I know that ministry takes money. I mean, um, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that and I understand that. And I know the Lord's provider, um, Matthew Redman, amazing missionary who I think he was just came from Pakistan. Um, just needing the Lord to provide the resources, and but anyway, so something happens when you have a relationship with the Lord, and your life starts being transformed from glory to glory. Is that you become like Him? Um, you become a lot of things, and one of those things is a giver. And I'm not talking about the donations on Sunday mornings. Or things like that And I'm not talking about um, You see something on TV And your moves is compassion And you give I'm talking about a lifestyle Of giving A lifestyle of Knowing that everything belong, That belongs to you Doesn't really, really belong to you It belongs to the Lord Everything we have, everything we are. I mean, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Literally everything belongs to him. And, you know, Paul is, I mean, it says freely have you received, freely give. And, you know, Jesus went through a lot about if your friend asks for a cloak or a tunic and you give it to him, he asks for something. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about an overflowing heart. That's so full of the presence of God and so full of the joy and the peace of the Lord, knowing that He is a provider, that you can get up and you know, and you, you you're moved to give, you're moved to bless other people. And, you know, sowing and reaping is an interesting principle because it's true. There's many, many businessmen, millionaires and whatever who tithe and have learned a principle of sowing and reaping, even though they're not even saved. Because the Christ, you know, because Christian principles, the world will embrace. They just don't want to admit that where they come from or what they are. But they like some of the principles because they work. Because um, everything the Lord says actually works, it turns out. And But, you know, I've told Chris before, um, one of our talks is that I have to keep up a level of giving 
to an extent because you know when you essentially when you sow you'll you shall reap um you can sow physical things but you can also sow spiritual things you know intercession itself is a, is a sowing principle you're when you're interceding you're sowing the seeds into nations and you're sowing the seeds of revival and salvations um for people all across the world um even people who haven't even been born yet and um you know, calling in the moves of the Father, and those are seeds that are planted in intercession. And but you know, you're sowing your time, you're sowing your energy, you're sowing your commitment, and you're sowing your heart. There's physical things, and you know, physical things could be anything. Someone needs a ride. You see someone who needs food. Someone needs whatever it is. And we should be people who are givers. You know, the one thing about Jesus and the story of the five thousand is we rush to it and we talk about the miracle. But before there can ever be a miracle, there has to be a heart of compassion and a heart that longs to see others be filled. And, you know, in the beginning of the story with Jesus and feeding the 5,000, these people are following Jesus. They're seeking after Jesus. And for days they'd gone, some of them traveling without food and or how long. And they're hungry. Um, and people out there... Regardless of what their physical need is, there's always an underlying spiritual need, which is a desire for the Lord Jesus, whether they even understand that, whether they can discern that or not. There's still an underlying desire for the Lord, but before sometimes you can get to the underlying spiritual desire, you have to meet a physical desire. Um, and so these pe the disciples are wanting these people to go away because it's a long day they're probably tired they're exhausted they've seen jesus do miracles i mean they're they're excited about it but you know what happens is you know their heart hadn't fully lined up to the lord yet because they're like you know what send these people away and jesus is like no and it says he looked on them and he was moved with compassion and all throughout the new testament and the scriptures it always talks about jesus being moved for compassion for people um, and he said, no, you feed them, and God will make a way. And, you know, it's setting that, that example that the first thing that always has to come, I mean, you, you can go out and preach messages and do whatever you want to do, but if the desire of your heart isn't the compassion of the Lord and it's not the heart of the Lord, then while the works may have meaning and the works may have an effect, there's so much more of a purity and an effect. And everything you do, when it's done out of a heart that desires to see the people of God blessed, and not only Christians, but, you know, everybody on the face of this planet, because they all, whether they call upon the name of the Lord or not, they still belong to Him. Everyone does. The, the saved, the unsaved, they're all still His. Which is why it says he's long-suffering, not willing any should perish, but that all should come to repent. You know, we talk about how sad it is that people die and that people will go to heaven. But you know what? It's true. Um, and it's a reality and it's a fact that, you know, it says narrow is the way. Narrow, narrow, narrow is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. And, you know... It's one of those things that, that scares me a little bit because, you know, I don't know exactly what Jesus' terminology is on narrow, and I don't know what his terminology necessarily is on a few, 
but I would I wish he would have said um, a bunch or something, but he said a few. Um, because, you know, he's looking at people's hearts and he's looking at their lives. And, you know, even those who are going to proclaim to be something and they're not, even Paul said those that appeared that should have been something to me added nothing to me. And there's going to be plenty of people in the end who are going to stand up and proclaim they were this or they were this. And because it's always about them and it's not about him. And so they're going to proclaim what they were instead of proclaiming who he is to them and what he is to them because their focus is more on their lives and themselves than it is on the Lord Jesus. And then he's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you workers of iniquity. Um, But, you know, our lives should model his in so many ways. And anyway, back to the whole thing about sowing is that you know, I've lived a life of sowing, not by a principle that I wanted to get anything from the Lord. Um, as Paul said, I've known how to, to abound and how to have nothing, um, to be content at all times. Worried a lot. <laughs> I mean, no lie, literally sometimes it's been close, but, you know, he always comes through. And, you, you know, you get to this place where, you're con- where you let him his work to you um, and after a while you just sort of expect him to prove his word and you expect that he's going to do it because it becomes habit to see the Lord be glorified in the things which he said he's going to do and he will and learning to, when he says something that you can trust him in it regardless of anything else, regardless of how you're feeling or how the situation is going, you know the Word of God says something, and so that's all that matters. And so sowing and reaping, you know, when you sow, there's always a blessing that comes back to you, and um, there's always a harvest, regardless of what it is you're sowing, there's some kind of harvest that's going to come later on. And, you know, so um, me and my wife have lived a life of walking and the harvest of previous seeds that we've sown. And, you know, it's ironic when um, you give and you give and you give, and then there's times, okay, well, I don't have as much to give right now, and, wow, now I can't, I don't know how we're going to pay this bill, Lord, we're trusting you, and all of a sudden um, money just shows up because someone else listened to the Lord and became a giver, um, and someone else listened to the Lord and followed his voice. Because, you know, sometimes the Lord will speak to you, and he specifically and say, I need you to go do this. And you never know what miracle you're providing in someone's life by being obedient to the Lord and the ramification and the effect of your obedience to someone else's life, and not only their life, but you could change the structure of an entire family tree, an entire family family genealogy by your act of obedience to them, whatever it is, whether it's financial or spiritual or a prayer. I mean, you could pray for someone. Oh, Lord, you could pray for someone, one person, and change the course of history because you're willing to sow your prayers. Yes, you know, says those who, uh, who go over and over again, sowing with tears will undoubtedly come again, reaping with joy. And we see that on a daily basis here, um, not just on this radio show and not just on this broadcast, but in life in general. The more people you get out there and you meet, um, 
who are out there in the fields and out there um, doing ministry and just out there doing anything for the Lord. Um, you see constantly the Lord being glorified and the Lord fulfilling His word. But it all starts somewhere, and it all starts with having your life model His, having your life become like Him. And you know what? It's not something you have to try to do. If you just spend time with Him and you just read His word, and you give him, you start off by giving him your heart. And, and you, you, we say that, and it's an easy thing to say, and we say that a lot. Uh, give the Lord your heart, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, okay, I give the Lord my heart. And they have absolutely no clue what it is they're even talking about. But I mean really giving him your heart. I mean really taking those keys and you turn over the whole thing. And then you go searching for all the little bitty areas of your life that you may have held back. Because a lot of times we all come to the Lord and we're like, Lord, we want you to have complete control. I want you to have all of it. I want to be that, I want to be that living sacrifice for you. Um, but not over in this area right here. This, this part I, I need to hold on to for a little bit. And you can have the rest. But... It doesn't actually work like that because whatever part you hold back is the part that he can't fill. And whatever you're holding on to is the thing that you value more than the blessing and the glory that he wants to replace it with. Because whatever you give to the Lord and you give up to the Lord is going to come back with such an abundance that you won't be able to receive it. Um, you know, those verses we, we we speak every night. You know, he said, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. You know, if you live a life of blessing people and you live a life of compassion, then you'll go out and you'll do the works of Jesus. And you won't even think twice about doing them. It'll become a natural instinct to pray for the people out on the streets. You'll see the homeless man and just get out and hand him every penny you have. Because you know he needs it more than you. You'll see the person on crutches or struggling to walk around the grocery store. And you maybe not have the money, but, you know, as Peter said to the man outside the temple, he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ and Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And every single person who's listening to the sound of my voice, who's given their heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, has the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So if you don't have finances, well, you have something to sell, which is hope, which is a revelation of the knowledge of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ through his blood that was shed upon the cross of Calvary for all of us. It says, by his stripes we are healed. Says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That right there is your little wink from the Father that says, you know what? Go for it. Try it out. See, just see what will happen. And you know, the Lord said that once. He said, in Malachi, he was talking about tithing, but he said, try me now on this and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain and alter the scriptures. The Lord has given us promises that if you're just willing to stand up in faith and walk in them, 
abandon the doubt and the fear and everything else and just say, hey, you know what, why not? Let's see what happens if we become givers. Let's see what happens if we become blessers. Let's see what happens if we become prayers. Let's see what happens if we become intercessors. Let's see what happens if we go out there and actually attempt to prove the Word of God. Because you don't have to get very far. About as far as you can lay your hands on someone or open up your mouth and speak and let the words of God come flowing out of your mouth like a river of living water. And you see everything change around you. You see the atmosphere and the people. Your own life change. Your family's life change. Your children's life change. The presence of God just seems more natural in your house because... You started to walk in it. You started to live it instead of just reading it or talking about it. And you get to the point of removing all those areas that you haven't given to him. And you give it all to him. You know, it says in the book of Job, it says he could withdraw his breath from the world. And it would cease to exist. And that's the sovereignty of our Lord. Because he created everything. And in one second, he could just snap his fingers and it would all be gone. He could speak one word and it would all be gone. And you know, there's going to come a day pretty soon when it will be. Heaven and earth will pass away. His word will remain forever there. We'll be standing in eternity with him. And that could happen in a hundred years, it could happen in five minutes. And if knowing that five minutes from now, the Lord Jesus could come back, what do you have to lose? What is there possibly to lose by giving everything to him? Knowing that in five, ten minutes, you could be standing in eternity before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, crying, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to, is to come. But then there's that person down the street. And you know what? You, you may not have talked to them yet, and you you thought about it, but you didn't. You couldn't. Whatever. Well, now's the time. Change all that. Now's the time to make a difference. Now's the time to get up, to go out, maybe not to slate at night, but you know what I mean. To surrender something more. To give him something more of your life that you've held back, whatever it is. Maybe it's that time where he you sort of felt that he was saying, Hey, you know what? Come spend some time with me. And that may sound silly, but it's it's sort of a um <laughs> I've had him do that to me a lot. I'll be doing something and I'm about to go do whatever. You know what? Or I'm spending time with him and I'm getting ready to leave and I'm like, okay, I'm done with it. I'm done. I'm going to go in and, or do whatever. And the Lord's like, why don't you stay a little bit more? Give me a few more minutes. And the question is, what happens on the other side of you giving it all to him. You know, it says 
that whole commandment um, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. What happens? You know, we, we already know that every word from the Lord was for our good. Everything was for our blessing. Everything was for the Lord to shower us with his love. And so, uh, and, and we know that every act of obedience results in a blessing and him being glorified in our lives and him being exalted and us having a closer relationship to him. So I'll just pose the question, what if we loved him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength? What would be the result of that? What kind of relationship could we really have with the King of Kings? How more clearly could we hear his voice if we were willing to turn over everything to him and wake up in the morning and have the first words out of your mouth be, it's all yours. And, and know that it's true because it already is. It's all his. The question is, do we want to give it to him? Our lives belong to him. So we should give them to them. Those people out there who don't know Jesus, we should be partnering with him in the things in which he enjoys, which is the salvation of the world, which is the restoration of a relationship between men and God. It says we are ambassadors of reconciliation, reconciling the world to the Father. And the end result of your relationship with Him will always be an increase in compassion. It will always be an increase in being a giver. Because you'll already be used to giving it all away And understanding it's not yours It's his Anyway Our call in number tonight 619-638-8458 If you need prayer for anything Give us a call I think Ophelia from Singapore may call in She may not we got like 14 minutes left So um, Huh I had something else to say But I don't remember what it was at the now, Right now So um, Yeah So anyway Okay so we'll go for a break real fast um, And we'll be back in just a Second
Okay, call in number 619-638-8458. we got about eight, nine minutes left, so if you need prayer for something, give us a call. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Father, your word declares that your eyes go to and fro, seeking whom you show yourself strong, Lord. You said that you were looking for an intercessor, Father. Lord, we desire to be your intercessors, to stand upon the wall, Father. Your word declares that you do nothing unless you first reveal it to your servants, the prophets, Lord. Father, we desire to stand in your course, Lord, to dwell in your house forever, Lord, to dwell in your presence, Lord. Father, and not only in our secret places, Lord, but we desire to carry your presence through this world, Lord. You said that we carry around the fragrance of the Lord Jesus, Father. Lord, your word declares that we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. You said we are being transformed to that same image from glory to glory, Father. So, Father, we come and ask, Lord, that you would transform our hearts, Lord. Transform our lives. That we can model after the Lord Jesus. Jesus, make us like you, Father, in everything we do, in every second, every minute. Father, let every breath become yours, Father. Lord, show us any areas in our lives, Father, that we've hidden from you, Father, any or thought we hid from you, Lord. Show us any areas in our hearts or in our lives, Father, that we have kept back from you, Father. Lord, anything that we proclaimed was ours and not yours, Father. Lord, because we desire, Lord, to be completely yours, for you to be our all in all, Father. Your word declares that you have become our exceeding great reward, Lord. Father, and above all, we desire your presence, Lord. We desire to know you, Father. Lord, we desire, Lord, you above everything else, Lord, that we may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of us, Lord. Your word says that we love you because you first loved us, Lord. So I ask, Father, that you would give us a new revelation, Father, tonight in that love. Father, a new revelation, Lord, into the compassion of your heart, Lord. Lord, take our hearts of stone, Father, and give us new hearts, Lord, that yearn and be Father, and burn for you, Lord. Give us your heart, Father. Not only our hearts, Father, but give us your eyes, Lord. Let us see things, Father, the way you see them, Lord. Father, let us have a spirit of discernment, Lord. So we can discern your voice, Father. We can discern your will, Lord. Father, we desire that your will would be done in this earth, Lord, and in our lives, Father. Lord, that you would magnify and glorify and exalt the name of Jesus Christ in our midst, Lord. 
from one coast to the other, Lord, from every country, every city, every town, Father, every street, every house, Lord, would be filled with your presence, Father. And so, Lord, we cast all our cares, all our worries, all our frustrations, all our doubts, all of, everything, Lord, we just give it to you, Father. Lord, and we take of your strength, Father. For your word declares that your grace is sufficient and your strength is made perfect in our weakness. Father, we choose, Lord, to believe you. Father, we make a choice tonight, Lord, to begin walking in your grace, Father, and walking in your mercy, Lord. Father, we choose to believe your word, Lord, in our lives, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, this is Prayer International Radio. We will be back tomorrow. Um, more than likely two songs. I mean, not two songs, but more, more than likely two hours tomorrow. Because um, I think Chris will be back. And um, if John need prayer for anything, um, give us a call. Um, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com and just y'all are in our hearts you're in our prayers and we are constantly praying for an increase of revelation of the Lord Jesus in y'all's lives and that the grace and the mercy and the peace of the Lord Fill your lives. <laughs>